Good morning. Good morning, planet Earth. This is your good friend Dan in Scompton, Utah. It's Monday, April the 17th, 2023. It's Monday, early in the morning. Get the fuck out of bed. You need to head to work. It's 4 a.m. here in Scompton, Utah. It's 6 a.m., Somewhere among the harlots, it's 7 a.m. Where the cougar women are rubbing their boobula before they head to Walmart. Wake up, brother. Wake up, sister. Time to get up. Time to get out of bed. Time to clean your hands. Yeah, what is that? Johnny Benchcomb? Indeed, it's... Actually, it's actually, 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 it's almost 4.15 a.m. Monday, April the 17th, 2023, Boblimp Dock, here in Scompton, Utah. And the first topic, and frankly, one of the first themes of this podcast deals with social media. As you may or may not know, if you're a new listener when Elon Musk bought Twitter last year and started talking about how he was going to free the slaves and shit, my own schadenfreude, my own curiosity, you know, which really does kill, you know, kill the cat, my own interest and suspicion led me back onto Twitter. And I've got two accounts there right now. I, I don't care to tell you about them. I don't expect them to last that long, in part because I think I figured out the only way a deeply shadow banned account can actually damage Twitter and damage the algorithms. And it's not that complicated. What's funny, though, it's the thing that pisses people off the most. The trolling doesn't, folks. Trolling doesn't really piss people off. In fact, even the people that complain about it get impressions, get connections. So really... The lady doth protest too fucking much. 
Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. If you understand the nature of social media, the worst thing you can do is block someone. The worst thing you can do is sever a connection. There are 450 million active users on Twitter. Follow the Pareto principle, and that gives you probably 100 million maybe real users every day. Of those 100 million, if it's a sparse tree, to talk topology or graph theory, fuck you. Go to college, it's too late, shithead. If it's a sparse tree, then that means there's about 2 to 5 million accounts you have to block to seriously damage the cash flow, the advertising algo cash flow for Twitter. 2 to 5 million. That's a lot. But I can do about 1,000 a day. And in 100 days, that's 100,000, shithead. And probably at some point, I'm going to get banned for simply doing the one thing that us shadow ban people are allowed to do, and that is block a motherfucker. You want to get instant banned. <laughs> you want to get thrown in the ditch. You troll, troll, troll. You get banned. You get thrown out. It's not very satisfying. But if you understand this, you know, yeah, if you understand what the nature of social media is, that it really is a dopamine surge, it's a narcissism network, if you understand that's what it is, that it's mind control, and that it's 100% owned, you can believe whatever bullshit you want to about Rocket Man, Mr. Hyperloop, Mr. Space 1999, Elon Musk, but he's a 100% owned by the deep state. So if you think somehow Twitter's been freed, you're a shithead. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. Trolling gets you banned. Blocking gives you power. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. Don't play the algo's game. Teach the algo a new game. Okay. So this is also related to Twitter. As you may or may not know, your ranking, your situation on Twitter, and, and folks, if you've been suckered by the great code dump of Elon Musk, you're a fucking moron. I don't know what code base they dumped on you. If you want to believe they dumped the real code base on you, you're a fucking shithead. But I don't have time for you. What I will tell you is that there are algorithms that operate within Twitter to rank tweets, to rank accounts, to de-boost, and then eventually de-platform because it is a censorship machine as well, fucker. And if you play the algo's game, which is to get angry, and troll, to get pissed off and troll, to post nonsense until you reach a breaking point. Because again, they don't want people on Twitter talking about anything real. They want you on there talking about your penis and your cat pictures and look at my abs and look at where I went skiing last weekend. Did you know I live in a place where there are blue skies every fucking day, Dan? I'm a Canadian snow Mexican, Dan. 
listen, the algos love it when you talk about bullshit. Oh, I've been sober for a hundred days, Dan. Haven't touched a drink, Dan. I'm a hundred percent keto, Dan. If you talk about shit that frankly, at this point in Boblimp, in Boblimp Doc, in 2023 is inconsequential, low rent, low stakes bullshit, you will not get banned from Twitter. You're 100% okay. You can have 10,000 friends and keep spouting bullshit. Oh my God, you really want to rise up? Do over your whole account like Bitcoin, okay? Or better yet, mix it up. Bitcoin and SpaceX, and you will rise to the top, shithead, but you gotta stay away from trolling, quote-unquote, which really is technically responding to people. You know, that's what trolling is. It is simply having a response. One person's troll is another person's hero fucker. That being said, that's what trolling is. It's simply responding to somebody. If you do that, in a way that does not sort of promote that banal, pointless, completely, um, how can I phrase this, absent of substance position about your downhill skiing and your sobriety and your abs and your keto and your motherfucking Bitcoin. If you do it in the right way, you're fine. But if you question somebody's position, that's called trolling. That gets you deboosted. Eventually, that gets you tossed out because there's a narrative that Twitter wants. And if you don't support that narrative, fuck you. Is this complicated? Okay, if I got any Twitter followers listening, is this too fucking complicated? Here's a quote again from Dr. Freckles. Don't play the algo's game. Teach the algo a new game. One of the reasons why You'll see a flood of people posting, I don't like to block people. I don't block people. I never block. You don't have to, shithead. Twitter does it for you, you dumb fuck. I don't block people. My timeline is a shitbird paradise. Well, it's not actually not any longer. My paradigm at first was a shitbird paradise of commies and douchebags, voters and neocons. And then I started doing the thing that people say that you shouldn't do. I block people. And I kept blocking until my timeline cleared up. And you could say, well, Dan, what about muting? Well, I'm special. I'm special. Just like shadow banning, muting doesn't work for me. I have muted accounts over and over again, unmuted and muted, and they still show up in my TL, so fuck you. The only thing that cleans up my timeline of shitheads and commies, and voters, and crypto grifters, is basically to block the fuckers, and to keep doing it. Keep doing it. If your instincts tell you, based upon the profile, that that person's a shithead, go with your instinct. Okay? You can have some simple rules. You can start by not blocking people who follow you. That's okay, I guess. Don't block the people who follow you. Sure. And even follow back people who, you know, you might even have some knowledge of. So they might actually be real people. But when it comes to these random fuckers that show up in your timeline, especially if they follow 10,000 people, you know, and 500 people follow them, just block that fucker. Okay, they're going to change their profile. They'll change their ID. Today's libertarian is tomorrow's, you know, Ukrainian progressive. And you didn't even see it happen because they changed their profile, fucker. 
If somebody has an account where they don't post anything, all they do is retweet shit, that's usually pretty much a good giveaway. It's an algo. It's bullshit. Don't follow that fucker. Don't get involved. Next topic. Again, if you're on Twitter and you think I'm beating up your favorite shithead, you know, empire, I don't give a shit. I really, really, really don't. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. Accept this. We are in the age of futile public gestures. Now, I have a little bit of congestion, so I apologize. Oh my God, Dan, you have nasalness? Yeah, fuck you. Here's the quote again, and I'll drink some coffee first, fuck you. Except this, baby. We are in the age of futile public gestures. What does that fucking mean? Well, I've spoken about this in recent weeks, how we are not in an age of heroes, okay? I don't give a fuck who you are. You might have fought in Afghanistan and saved your squad from some dirty, nasty brown people with machine guns. I don't give a fuck. You might think you're a hero surgeon that saved a bunch of people in 2020 from the monkey herpes. Fuck you. We are not in an age of heroes. We're in an age of lies, not an age of heroes. I'm not saying you're a bad person. Guess what? I don't think I'm a bad person either. But you're not a hero, and neither am I. This is not an age of heroes. This is an age of survival. And either you figure that shit out pretty fucking soon or you will get run over. If you're waiting for some motherfucking hero to come along and save you, if you're waiting for Donald Trump and his secret army in the Grand Canyon to pull out the 2,000 million tons of gold that some fuckers claim is there... Well, whatever. You do that. You wait for that, and then you wait for your Amazon fresh delivery a week or two after day zero. It's not going to show up. I mean, the internet, the stock market, <clears throat> your phone could work for four weeks after there's no food at the grocery store. It could. Because by that time, the motherfuckers responsible, the grifter shitheads, they're just watching this on TV at their favorite bar in Antarctica called The Reset, and they're mocking you. Maybe even Klaus Schwab is there making fun of you. You bought into The Reset and the cricket flower. You bought into the FEMA camps, and oh, they're going to come and pick you up and take you to a Walmart. Did you see the picture of those 10 million plastic coffins? Fuck you. Yeah. If you think you're a hero, you're probably putting your life at risk, and I would guess you're putting the life at risk of people you love. That doesn't mean you can't do heroic things, and it doesn't mean you can't show courage, and it certainly doesn't mean you can't be a good person. You should be. If you're a Christian, you should try to live the kingdom life, but if you think by being a Christian, you're going to be some type of public hero at this point, yeah, I think you're wrong. This is the age of lies. And once again, Donald Trump, whoever the fuck Donald Trump is, and if you think you know you're a fucking retard, whoever the fuck Donald Trump is, he's not a hero either. He's not here to help you. He's not here to save you. He's probably part of the same game, and he probably attends the same club. 
but he looks like an actor to me. He looks fake as fuck. So if you want to put all your energy into that shithead, you go ahead, baby. And I've already crossed you off my list. You're already a person that I don't expect to meet in the future. You've already decided that you and your family should be at risk instead of having a chance to survive. You put all your energy into a giant orange stick of dynamite. You need to accept this, okay? If you're going to go out there and do something in public, I don't care if you're going to lead a campaign. Oh my God, I'm running for the city council in some shitty town in Colorado. I'm going to fucking change the world. I don't give a fuck. If you want to go downtown Seattle and protest, I did that once, 2014, nine years ago, warning people about what was going on in the Ukraine. Guess what? Futile public fucking gesture. Okay, you can do it if you want to. I've done it. Other people have done it. My campaign of trying to block two million people with one of my accounts on Twitter is a futile public gesture, even if it worked. It's a limited hangout. It's a waste of time. What they want you to do right about now is nothing. And by going on social media or participating in voting or running for the city council, you're effectively doing nothing. You are doing a futile public gesture. They love it. Keep doing it, fuckhead. Next topic. Next topic. Holy crap. <sighs> Moral superiority. We got a lot of quotes from Dr. Freckles, don't we? Moral superiority in a pillhead neo-Stalinist empire is hard to come by. And this is sort of related to that hero thing. And frankly, it's related to Twitter and social media as well. There are a lot of shitheads on Twitter who... who basically practice the, the great and refined propaganda art of contradictions. For example, there's a shithead on Twitter who talks about his sobriety and getting better and how he wants to warn people about not getting poisoned. And then in the next tweet, he'll be mocking fat people and saying that everybody deserves to die. Now, which one of these is real? Is it the person that has the sober life now and wants to tell people the truth about the poisons of alcohol? Or is it the motherfucker that doesn't give a shit if you live or die? You tell me, fucker. Okay? But what I can tell you, what motivates, and I shouldn't say motivate, what drives the psychological impact of a lot of these bullshit accounts is this attempt to create a kind of moral superiority or value superiority. There are lots of ways of doing this, and, and there are ways of creating kind of moral shields. For example, what if I change my profile and say I'm dying of cancer? Well, then all of a sudden people feel sorry for me. And then all of a sudden, should I say, oh my God, it's so wise, you're such a sage, because you're dying of cancer, okay? You know, I could, I could, for example, pretend to be you know, gay or trans or something, and, and say a bunch of really supportive gay trans stuff. And at the same time, okay, once again, I am manipulating people to give me some type of moral value that I do not possess. 
You know, th that applies to soldiers. And actually, let's be honest, that applies to accounts pretending to be veterans. Because a lot of these accounts, I don't think they're veterans. I look at their posts. They talk about Bradley fighting vehicles being tanks and shit. They don't make any fucking sense. They say the, the 101st, you know, Air Assault Division is an airborne division. Well, gee, you have to be a real fucking shithead to get that one wrong, Army veteran. But that being said, there are a lot of military veteran accounts that use that profile as a way to create a sense of moral superiority. Here's, it's really simple, and Dr. Freckles is keeping it really simple for you, fucker. Moral superiority in a pillhead neo-Stalinist empire is hard to come by. You don't have it, I don't have it. You're not a hero, I'm not a hero. You can figure out how you want to protect your family in the coming months and years. You can figure out how to survive. You can figure out how to be a good Christian. But if you're going to go around pretending that you're the nicest, best person on the fucking Death Star, you're, again, you're retarded. You're a stupid fucker. Okay? None of us are that good on the Death Star. None of us are without sin. And... I don't care if you use Bitcoin, the dollar, or both. You're just as fucking connected to this shithead reality as, as I am or any of my listeners are, period. There is no moral superiority on the Death Star, brothers and sisters. There isn't. You may, oh, I just work in the lower part of the Death Star, near the reactor. I have tumors. Vader never visits me. Well, buddy, did you ever try shutting down the fucking reactor? Did you? No, that wouldn't be good. I couldn't be on Twitter. I couldn't be on Facebook. I couldn't watch Netflix. We'll keep the reactor on. Yeah. I don't give a fuck, folks. If, if you're happy, for example, in being a keto, be happy being a keto. If you're happy in your support for whatever gender eruptions occurring, fuck you, be happy. If you're interested in participating in the race war, fuck you, I don't care, do it. If you want to show me how many weeks and months you haven't had a drink or snorted coke, I don't care. I, I really don't give a fuck about your abs or your shot group. I can't verify any of that shit. No one can. You could put all kinds of garbage into your timeline and no one can verify if it's true or false. Period. Next topic. <sighs> so, I have mentioned in recent podcasts that the year 2024 seems hypothetical to me. And let me explain what I mean by that. I don't mean it's not going to happen. And I don't mean it's the end of the world. But what I would say is, is the current descriptions like there's going to be an election and Trump's going to win a presidency and our spaceships will orbit the moon. Well, I'm going to introduce you to another factoid. Even though people were snowed, millions of people were snowed, were completely conned, were owned by the bullshit pandemic. And this is true. I know lots of people, people with college degrees who look like dumbasses to me because they were taken advantage of by the lie. But here's the thing, folks. People are also losing their fucking jobs. And people need money. 
They do. They got to pay their rent. They got to buy their dozen of eggs, whatever. This week, I don't know if a dozen eggs went down or up. Guess what? Everything's going up to the point that it's not there at some point. But whatever, people need money. And what people are beginning to suspect as the fog rate rises is that they were taken advantage of, that the lockdowns were bullshit, and that there are targets, the soft underbelly of this entire bullshit lie. The, the main institution that convinced you that the flu plus you know, preventable hospital-acquired infection equals COVID are the hospital systems. And, and already, there are major lawsuits against major hospital systems. And brothers and sisters, when the truth comes out in court about what happened, even if it's a limited hangout, even if it's just, well, yeah, we lied to people and we scared them to get vaccines, even if it's just that, that will bankrupt several hospital systems. That's not gonna happen, okay? Add this to reasons why 2024 looks like chaos to me. None of that is ever gonna happen. These hospital systems are not gonna be cracked open and driven to bankruptcy. It just isn't gonna happen. And because of this, you're left with a couple of possibilities. They're gonna pass a law saying you can't sue hospitals, which will never happen, okay? or that there just isn't any time. There's no time that you can you know, have a lawsuit. I think Dane Wigington said he's suing some people. Here's a guy that basically says that by the end of the decade, we might all be dead. And he didn't say with certainty, he just says it's pretty sure. And yet he's still suing people. I've met people who preach doom and gloom and then they'll talk about lawsuits. Fuck off with your lawsuits. If you're going to tell me the world is ending in five years, then I'm going to let you on a little secret. It's possible the Dre got a lawsuit way fucking longer than that. So yeah, 2024 looks like a shitbird to me. Add to reasons. Why? I don't think it's going to play out the way you expect it to, Mr. and Mrs. Twitter Normie. Add to those reasons. There are a lot of major lawsuits brewing and many more in the pipeline against every major hospital system in this country. Welcome to the future, fucker. Next topic. Am I right? Am I right? Next topic, shithead. Fuck you. And again, I love my listeners. I love you guys. But when I say fuck you, I'm really talking to that empty, vast nothingness that is the current American populace, the citizens of the Death Star. You know, according to Spotify, I don't get much of a slice of it. So I'm pretty certain I get the best slice if I'm to believe what I'm told right? Next topic. That's right, baby. We're cooking with gas now. This is a quote from Dr. Freckles, but I beat a dead horse here, so I think I'll, I'll, I'll move on after I read it. Space is hard to believe, Dr. Freckles. I've talked about outer space, and I've talked about the number of people that have been to space, and, you know, you can do your own math and think about it logically. I'm not going to try to convince you any longer. Way too late in the game not a topic that's going to impact your survival. In fact, let's put it in those terms, brothers and sisters, so we're really fucking clear. 
whatever the fuck space is, whatever the fuck a neutron star is, whatever the fuck fusion energy is, and in reality, whatever the fuck's going on 100 miles up. Let's just keep it that simple. What's coming in the near future is going to be impacted by that in no way whatsoever. It's irrelevant to you. It does not help your survival. You could be a genius about SpaceX and it isn't going to fucking help you. Okay, it's not. If you want to believe it will, fine. It's more likely if you got into shortwave radio that you would be helping yourself and your family than if you started building models of the various spaceships that Elon Musk wants to launch. But you do you, brothers and sisters. Space is hard to believe, but it really does turn people on. In fact, that's the quote right there. Space is hard to believe, but it makes some people hard. Next topic, here's another quote. We got a lot of Dr. Freckles in this morning podcast, don't we? Another quote from Dr. Freckles, just because you're not ashamed. Just because you're not ashamed of who you are does not imply you should be proud of who you are. They're not opposites, buddy. Once again, from Dr. Freckles, just because you're not ashamed of who you are does not imply you should be proud of who you are. They are not opposites. What do I mean by that? A lot of people are overweight. That doesn't mean they're morbidly obese. And and actually, I've met a lot of overweight people who are way healthier than a lot of skinny people I've met. So if you're obsessed around this 20 pounds over or not, understand I don't believe that's really the issue. Does your diet impact things? Yeah. Does exercise? Yeah, everybody should get some exercise. Fuck you. But if you're 10 or 20 pounds or even, God forbid, 50 pounds overweight, does that mean you're going to be more likely to be dead than some skinny motherfucker? Well, let's just get this out of the way. If I'm right about the famine that's coming, those 20 or 30 pounds will go away. Yeah, it's crappy, middle-of-the-body, triglyceride shit. And how can I put this? As an omnivore, you met the dogs on the road, the ones eating cat shit, the ones after the Ice Age. They knew what you knew. You will eat whatever the fuck you have to to survive. Did you know that, shithead? And your body will burn whatever fat it has to to survive motherfucker. And if you're one of these keto assholes, or better yet, the fasters, who try to tell us, well, just by fasting, you'll lose all that weight. Well, guess what, sister brother? 
Guess what, Uncle Mother? That shit's coming. We're all going to get the fast pretty soon. I'm overweight. I'm not really horribly concerned. I am more concerned about my physical therapy for my left arm. I'm more concerned about walking the dogs and getting exercise. I'm more concerned about my diet than I am about being 20 or 30 pounds overweight. I don't give a fuck. I'm 53 years old. Supposedly, some of you fuckers who believe in the bioweapon, supposedly I'm a superhero. Because I'm over 50, I was living in Little Saigon during the heart of the pandemic, I drank too much, I ate the wrong shit, I should be fucking dead. Right? So I guess I'm special. Just like on Twitter, right? I'm overweight, I'm not ashamed of it, but that also doesn't mean I'm proud of it. Do you understand what I fucking said, okay? I am overweight, I'm not ashamed. I drink beer, and sometimes I drink more beer than I should. Will I drink beer instead of pay rent? No. Will I drink beer instead of taking care of food and water? No. Will I drink beer instead of doing things that's gonna help me stay alive? No. So I don't know if that means I'm an alcoholic or just that I enjoy fucking beer. Well, I should say drinking beer. But you understand, right, asshole? I drink beer. Does that... And I'm not ashamed of it. it. I'm also not proud of it. It's not something I say, oh, look at me, I drink beer. Look at me, I'm overweight. I'm so proud. These are not opposites, asshole. They really, they're really not. I'm divorced. I fucked up my first and only marriage. I did. I probably shouldn't have gotten married. She should have been my first girlfriend. If she had been my first girlfriend, my life would have turned out better and probably hers as well. And we both got trapped by the marriage trap. Oh, we're, we're almost 30 or we're over 30, so we have to get married. I don't know, folks. It's like the have to go to college and have to leave your town behind so other fuckers could move in and you never get to go home again. It's that kind of bullshit they taught you that turned out to be a lot of Rand Corporation shit, if you ask me. A lot of mind control shit. That being said, I'm divorced. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm also not proud of it. Are, are, we, are we understanding where I'm coming from here? You can spend all day on social media and in real life making fun of fat people. You can spend all day on social media and in real life making fun of people who drink. You can spend all fucking day mocking people in the city who only have access of the worst shit coming from the Norman Borlaug agricultural poison machine. You can do that, fucker. I think a lot of these people are not ashamed, but it does not imply they're proud. They're not opposites. I don't pray enough. The Lord in heaven knows that I don't pray enough. I pray more than I used to, but it's still not enough. And there's some pride and rage bake into that, and I'm not ashamed of it. But that doesn't imply logically, shithead, that I'm proud of it. You know. And I don't want to spend too much time on this topic, but I don't know. I expect to be permanently banned again from Twitter, or 
if I'm right and we're in the popping smoke phase, I expect shit to start falling apart pretty rapidly here pretty soon. So within the next, let's say, the next 90 days, I expect to be banned or locked because, again, I don't have no phone. So if they lock my account and I ain't got no phone, I can't unlock it. So it's really practically the same thing, shithead. That being said, in the next 90 days, I expect that to happen. You know, whatever the fuck you think Elon Musk is or who he is, he's not going to allow people to speak their minds. And he certainly isn't going to allow people, and not even him, really. He's just a faker. Whoever gives a shit about that machine is not going to allow people to damage it unless, unless we're in that phase I talked about in January 2020, popping smoke, tossing smoke grenades. Oh, here's another revelation. Oh, here's another horror story. Or here's another tragic social train wreck. Yeah. Here's Twitter. Go ahead and spout your bullshit. You know, within the algo's control range, and as Elon Musk, I'll talk up my bullshit. I'll even show you some bullshit code. If it's popping smoke phase, it means we're probably within a six-month window of everything starting to go to shit. Oh, but Dan, I've gotten no warnings. Well, with non-linear events, you're not going to get any. Sorry. And if the government doesn't want you to know, you definitely won't know if they have anything to do with it. So a lot of this doesn't matter. In fact, the concept of pride and shame as constructs are not so relevant in the way that I'm talking about it in a world where real things start mattering again, where the social media gets de-boosted and the real life gets boosted, which is coming pretty fucking soon. Next topic. Next topic, next topic. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles, if you can believe it. people more fucked up than hardcore alcoholics are 12-steppers. The only people more messed up than cokeheads are 12-steppers. The only people who are bigger shitheads than meth freaks are people in the program. You know, I'm sorry, and, and this isn't original. There are lots of people who've called out 12-step programs as cults, and, I, and I'll call them a cult. They are. Um... If you're one of these drinkers that needs to be told not to drink in order not to get really drunk and get into a car and kill somebody, then yeah, you have a problem. And no amount of 12-stepping is going to help you. If you're one of these drinkers that would rather drink than take care of your family, take care of the people you love, and better yet, the only other time you have is to post pictures of you on your mountain bike or going skiing down the hills and drinking, but your family be fucked, yeah, you have a problem, and you should fucking stop drinking. And maybe the answer is don't drink so much. You know, what I tell people with respect to drugs and sports and jumping out of airplanes and being a DJ or podcasting, a hobby, whatever it is, whether it's LSD, 
playing the lottery or playing tennis. I don't give a fuck. Whatever you're doing at any point in your life precludes you doing something else. Did you, do you understand what I just said? This is about scarcity, okay? This is specifically about the, the baked-in cost of making a decision. You do one thing, you can't do something else. This is called opportunity cost. It's an economic concept. It's a micro-economic concept. People who understand free markets should understand opportunity cost. If you're out there drinking all day, you're not playing baseball with the kids. If you're out there drinking all day, you're not doing that mountain bike bullshit you post all the time. If you're out there drinking all day, you're probably really overweight and nearing a heart attack, shithead, and you're definitely not taking care of business. You're not buying new trucks, fucker. Sorry. That equation, that equation doesn't add up in the trailer park logic of the story you're trying to spin. The only people I've met more fucked up than a meth head who works on the rickety-rackety roller coaster at the moving carnival are people in 12-step programs. Next topic. But good luck, though. Good luck, you know, leaning on a cult to not drink. I'm sure it's going to work out really, really fucking well. I, I just, you know, yeah. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. Boy, it's all freckles all the time this morning, pretty much. Denial, anger, bargaining, colon. The three pillars of American delusion. Denial, anger, bargaining. The three pillars of American delusion. What does that mean, Dr. Freckles? Well, actually, these are the first three stages of grieving. Um, denial, anger, and bargaining. And these are bad. They're toxic. All three of them keep you from finishing the process. And if you want to look at the United States, especially since 9-11, it's like a big turning circle. And on the circle is labeled denial, anger bargaining and people keep spinning around and around and around because there's always going to be an election next year we'll make sure we vote again we promise not to poison your babies but babies we, we make those silly fucking promises to ourselves and to other nations every two or four years and it never works okay that's denial and that energy that people like trump whoever the fuck he is tap into that's called anger. And the belief that Donald Trump is going to lead an army to save your ass, that's called bargaining. Do you understand what I just said? That's what's going on with Donald Trump. That's what's going on with Joseph Biden. That's what's going on on the right and the left. Every voter, every Democrat, every Republican, every motherfucking libertarian that thinks voting's going to fix shit. Denial, anger, bargaining. In fact, if you're running for office in some little tiny shitty Colorado town, running for, for city council, whatever the fuck, I don't care, you are immersed in this shit. 
every fucking day. Or you're a faker. Okay, there are lots of fakers out there. We talked about Ellen Page, whether she's being manipulated to be a faker, who the fuck knows. But I find Ricardo Montalban's Wrath of Khan rubber chest suit far more believable, asshole. Denial, anger, bargaining. Now, if you can break through, if you can break through this, if you can get to the exit out of the turning circle, there is depression. Because depression is when you recognize that the shit you've been doing don't work, but you also don't know what to do. Okay? You don't know what to do except for deal with the pain, and that can be pretty fucking sad. A lot of Americans haven't really grasped, grasped yet. I need to drink some more coffee here. They have not grasped, grasped, oh my God, my mouth. A lot of Americans have not grasped yet the idea that they won't vote themselves out of this. A lot of Americans have not accepted that there is nobody running for a public office that's going to help them. No one. A lot of Americans haven't accepted the idea yet that paying taxes does nothing, that the money, the revenue, really comes from money printing at this point. A lot of Americans have not accepted that there's a limit to what you can do with blowing people up. I mean, yeah, you can blow people up all the live long day, but eventually you run out of people to kill. Or, which is more likely, the people you've been killing start to kill you. Yeah, a lot of Americans are living in a delusional state. I might be poor as fuck in the middle of nowhere. I don't have a girlfriend, a hooker, or cocaine. But to my credit, I got off this turning circle more than 10 years ago. And a lot of Americans are still spinning around. Good luck with it, though. Good luck with the voting. I don't know if there's going to be any voting next year, but if there is, good fucking luck. Just like I said in 2016 and 2020, good luck. Good luck. Every year I say good luck. I don't mean it seriously. I don't. I, I just... You know, I have to say something, so good luck. I want to say you're stupid, you're an idiot, I don't have time to explain to you why there's too little time left, but no, I'd rather just say good luck. Next topic. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. If you buy your guns at Cabela's, you're a dumb shit. <laughs> Dr. Freckles. What does that mean? Well... It's funny, this whole debate on guns is, is hilarious because I, for one, when I was a voter, I'll admit to this, okay, let's do the 12-step thing. Hello, my name is Dan. I used to vote. Hello, Dan. Okay, we did the 12-step thing. When I used to be a voter, I used to get suckered too. Back in 2009, I got suckered, okay? I was fed a stream of bullshit. Oh, Obama's going to take all your guns. He's going to take all your 9mm. He's going to buy up all the 7.62. None of the things that people were threatening about Obama in 2009 with respect to guns ever fucking happened. None of it. The people I knew that had guns in 2007 still had them in 2010. The people I knew that had guns in 2007 had more guns in 2010. They had more ammo in 2010. In fact, some people have joked that one of the biggest gun salesmen in recent history was a man by the name of Barack Obama. You know, 
If you really want to demonstrate your commitment to self-defense, don't buy your gun at Cabela's. Okay, don't go to the gun store. That is, in fact, the dead end. That's always been the dead end. If you're concerned about them taking your rights, don't give them a choice. Don't play their game. It's the same thing with social media that applies to this wretched police state. Stop playing their game. Okay, play your own game. My advice to you in the future, if you want to buy a gun, do private sale. Okay, don't do a, a sale where you have to fill out a form. That's what idiots do. Don't go to Cabela's, you, I'm not going to say retard again. Don't go to Cabela's, my friend. Don't go there. And better yet, get to know your local black market. Get to know who has access and who doesn't. And don't talk about it on social media, because once again, I'm not going to say the R word, that's what certain people do, friend. Don't do it, okay? Don't talk about illegal shit on social media. I have to say this periodically. I can't believe I have to say it, but yeah, people are just, you know, people, right? Not the R word. And if I can, before we go to the next topic, don't buy your guns at Cabela's. Okay? Period. If, if you really take your pride of self-defense and guns seriously, stop filling out the paperwork my friend, no R word, no, no deprecation, no mocking, just my friend, stop going to Cabela's. Every night behind the Chevron, there is a Cabela's. You can get a machine gun. You can get 1,000 rounds and 9 mil, all for 500 bucks. It's better than Cabela's. Next topic. Next topic, right? We're, we're almost at an hour here, and I really have been trying to get through this to get caught up. I'm behind. I'm behind. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckle. Stop wasting time on the state. Start investing time in yourself. What does that mean? Well, before I continue... For the record, I think the blockchain and crypto and Bitcoin and Satoshi are 100% banker deep state. If you believe they're liberating you, I feel sorry for you, but they're not helping you, and I won't use the R word. They're just not helping you, okay? Um, but whatever it is, whether it's Bitcoin, the U.S. dollar, or paying taxes, whether it's participating in whatever status scheme that comes along, oh, we'll help you, we'll help you. Stop wasting time on the state. And that even applies to the Sturm und Drang, the debate, the politics, the voting, okay, that isn't going to do anything, never did, it's not going to help you. Stop wasting time on it, okay? One of the great benefits of giving up on voting is that all of a sudden you have free time, not just in terms of your life, but in terms of your brain. You don't have to spend any time on Trump or Biden or DeSantos or whoever the fuck because you know they're fake and you know that whatever happens, you will get fucked. Once you accept that, you will save yourself a lot of fucking time to do other things like start a garden, network with your neighbors for barter purposes, figure out how you would do a barter system, create a spreadsheet for it, start doing things in counter-economics 
you know, trading with gold and silver. I don't recommend crypto, but there are lots of things you can use for peer-to-peer -peer trade that have no digital trail, asshole. Learn to use shortwave radio, okay? Everybody can buy a CB. Oh, but CBs can't reach anywhere. Shithead, on JSA call uh, with a CB, okay, people are talking halfway around the world, okay? And very reliably, even under bad conditions around town, within their state and whatnot. And since it's a network, the more people participate, the more it reaches. So yeah, get yourself a fucking CB and learn how to set up a proper antenna and start connecting with people. That, you don't need a license for it. Well, Dan, they're gonna come for me. No, they won't. And by the way, a lot of the fear-mongering that the ham radio world practices is also bullshit. You should research how many people have actually been tracked down and hunted by the FCC. It's not like that like that C Lab 2021 episode, okay? Howling Mad Murphy. That's not reality. I think there's a couple identified cases. I mocked somebody at a conference last year because they brought one up. And so please, don't make yourself look stupid. Oh, they're gonna come at no they're not. And if you worry about that, get yourself a fucking CB. You can do digital over it, okay? I pick up digital CB messages every fucking day here in Scompton, fucking Utah, from Africa, Asia, Siberia, Antarctica, shithead. But stop wasting time on being afraid of the state. Stop wasting time on the noise the state produces. It's kind of like what I said yesterday. The, the way that military psychological warfare works is to get a reaction. They don't give a fuck what kind of reaction, really, because it's about the law of large numbers, asshole. So stop reacting to the state. Just ignore it. And yeah, it can come with a gun. It can send a cop to your door. But brothers and sisters, it's a pyramid scheme. There aren't enough guns. There aren't enough cops, and frankly, of the cops that exist, the ones that will start going to people's doors and saying, give me your guns, that's not a very large number. These are cowards. These are bullies, okay? Cowards and bullies do not do well when people fire back. Have you been keeping track of current events? You know, Uvalde, fucker. These are cowards. So you don't have to fucking worry about them coming to your door and taking your fucking gun. Do yourself a favor. Stop wasting time on the state. Start investing time in yourself and your family and community. Next topic. Boy, boy, other than using the retard word, we're doing okay, right? Another quote from Dr. Freckles. Holy fuck. This, this one hopefully won't take long. Paradigm shifts are painful for most, Dr. Freckles. What does that mean? It means that most people, and, it, and it's kind of the nature of paradigm that this is true. Most people with, with just white knuckles and bleeding fingers will hold on to the past before they'll ever embrace the future. It's just the nature of a kind of inherent conservatism in a lot of people. And it's not conservatism in a political sense. Although in a way it is, it's conservatism in the sense that people just don't want to change. And so when a paradigm shift comes along, it's very painful for most people because they just don't want it. They, they don't care, really, on a basic level, that their life could improve, for example. They don't care because they've gotten used to the crap 
that they're used to. I'll, I'll, you want me to blow your fucking mind? There were slaves at the end of the American Civil War who stayed at the plantation. There were slaves at the end of the, Amer of the American Civil War who stayed on the farm. There were slaves in 1865 who didn't leave Mississippi, didn't leave Georgia, didn't leave Alabama. They were still beaten. They, was, they were still murdered. They were still strange fruit found in the trees. And the reason why is they couldn't change. They were quote-unquote free, but they couldn't understand what that meant. And they also didn't understand that just because they were free doesn't mean they were friends. Okay, it doesn't mean that they were given any respect because they weren't. Okay, paradigm shifts for people. I don't care if you're a slave in 1865. I don't care if you're a serf in Mother Russia in the middle of the 19th century. Paradigm shifts, even for people that should see it as a benefit, are painful for most people. You know, it's one of the things, I'll tip my hat to the, to the Game of Thrones show because they covered this with Daenerys Targaryen when she was freeing the slaves. And at one point, the slaves kind of come to her and say, you know... I mean, we get what you're saying, but I'm 80 years old. And yeah, my master sucks, but he doesn't beat me. And now I'm hungry and I don't have any food. You know, fuck you, Daenerys. That doesn't mean slavery's good. That doesn't mean slavery's good. It also doesn't mean having the Catholic Church roll over you the way they did up until the, you know, the 16th century was good. The Catholic Church, the zombie that rose up when the Western Roman Empire imploded, that institution did a lot of damage. Okay? You know, the Inquisition did a lot of damage prior to what was called the Reformation. And the Reformation was a paradigm shift, and it was painful, painful for a lot of Catholics, but it was fucking necessary. So paradigm shifts are painful. This is straightforward enough. It's, it's only important, before we move on, in the following sense, that you need to understand the psychology of the people around you, especially if you live in a city. And if you live in a city, you're surrounded by what Obama, I think, or maybe Hillary called bitter clingers. But they're not bitter clingers for their guns or their Bible. They're bitter clingers for their commie benefits. They're bitter clingers who believe that the Whole Foods magically produces its own food. These people are going to go batshit crazy when the real shortages show up. I don't mean the make-believe ones. I don't mean the boy-who-cried-toilet-paper shortage. I mean the real shit. And when the real shit shows up, these people will translate their pain into anger. And they'll go batshit crazy. Yeah, they'll escape the turning circle. They'll take a turn towards the insane asylum. They'll take a ride at Bedlam. They'll pull out a machete and they'll chop your fucking head off. That's why I think you should leave the city if you can. <laughs> and, and I will be a broken record on this one probably for at least another year or until shit falls apart. Whichever comes first, right? Next topic. We're doing so good this morning, aren't we? So fucking good. The last topic. Um, and actually... I don't know. This last topic doesn't really fit. It's been a floater. <laughs> like that turd that won't go down. This last topic's been a floater for more than a week now, but I think it's going to keep on floating, shithead. Sorry. And before I continue, I, I sounded really mean today in today's podcast. And in recent podcasts, I've said things like, 
retarded or a shithead repeatedly and you can have whatever opinion you want to about it. I just don't care. I don't. The people that listen to me and care about the podcast, I more or less know all 12 or 13 of them. Maybe there's 20 now. And if there's more than that, I have no idea. Okay? When I say these words, I'm likely not talking to anybody listening. Because if you were a listener and you were really a shithead, you would have listened for about 10 minutes and then you would have said, this guy's a dick, and, and you would have gone back to Joe Rogan. So yeah, I am sorry, but brothers and sisters, chances are I'm not talking to you. Chances are I'm just angry. Chances are I'm just shouting into the darkness. Chances are this is what's called a futile public fucking gesture. Chances are. If you like this podcast and you want to support it, that's up to you. Um, I I have a few listeners who are really generous and, in my opinion, over generous. But at the same time, I'm a dirty, nasty hobo. So it's hard for me to say, don't send me money. That's probably wrong. I, I, that's not the truth. The truth is, I owe money for this month's rent and I need to come up with it. And it's not that the people I work with, you know, live with here are going to kick me out. That's not the point. The people I live with here are just as poor as I am. So we, you know, we're trying to look out for each other. That's what we do in this world today. We try to find people we can live with and look out for each other. If you've taken care of your food, your water, your shelter, to include making sure you have enough food, not just for yourself for six to 12 months, but make sure you're looking out for your dog and your cat. If you've taken care of the people you love, if you've taken care of yourself, if you feel okay about things, at least in a sense financially, and you still have a few bucks left over and you want to donate, you can. You can donate as much or as little as you want to, to include zero, obviously. Um, I appreciate the help, but I know that a lot of people right now are barely treading water and I am the guy who's bringing you a poop burger saying, best case scenario, it's going to get worse. Best case scenario, the struggle you have today will not compare to the future and it won't be linear. You're not going to go down an escalator. If you think that Jerome Powell is going to take you down an escalator to the future, to the next equilibrium, yeah, I'm not going to use the R word, but you're wrong. Okay, And that wrongness, that delusion could harm you and your family. There's going to be no escalator. There's going to be no soft landing. If there is a soft landing, that's the name of the submarine that the helicopter that picks up Jerome takes him to. The soft landing. But there's going to be no soft landing. So I'm the guy telling you that best case scenario, it's not the end of the world, but you know the next few decades could be pretty fucking horrible for a lot of people in a lot of places. 
And the big wild card is whether or not people embrace freedom. Because we could go through the next few decades and it wouldn't have to be that fucking bad if we embrace liberty. But most of the people in, on planet Boblimpdok and most of the people in this country, certainly enough people, have given themselves over to tyranny. So yeah, it's going to be pretty bad. And I'm the guy telling you that. And I'm also saying, hey, can you give me some money? Something to think on, really. But I do this podcast mainly because I enjoy it. Um, and I would like it, you know, to be able to give me about a thousand bucks a month right now until whenever, because a thousand bucks a month would keep me going and keep the podcast going. But I have no clue how I'm going to get to a thousand bucks in revenue at all. No clue whatsoever. And also, with respect to the future and PayPal and the IRS, color me unafraid that they're going to come after people like me. Put that under the same category as they're coming for your fucking guns. Yeah, they want you scared. Yeah, they want you to believe that if you take a log and paint it black, it becomes a howitzer. But that's not actually true. So, yeah, donate if you want to. Don't donate. If you're wondering, can he use the money? The answer is yes. And if you happen to be super rich and you want to fund me until things get really spicy, my guess is you could probably do it for about 25 grand at this point. Because that's the worst case scenario. 25 grand probably gets me, gets me, gets us, you know, gets this thing to the other side of the rainbow, whatever the fuck that looks like. But again, I don't think anybody listening to me has that kind of money. So for Monday, Monday, April the 17th, 2023, it's just after 5 a.m. here in Scompton, Utah. I hope you have a great rest of your week.